everyone this is asif and you're listening to hello educator this is the second part of the interview that i did with dr yogesh kulkarni of vigyan ashram if you missed the first part you can check the previous episode uh, down in our soundcloud feed or in the show notes now back to the interview financially how how is uh, vigyan ashram uh, sustaining i mean uh, government has given the land uh, which has taken a major chunk of the finance part so apart from that uh, how do you uh, source the fund and things like that see for recurring cost uh, we are able to make through our fees and scholarships and uh, say like the services we provide to the people uh, we are able to recover that amount so you can say our, our budget we can say like a uh, 20 to 50% we are able to recover from this kind of services and the fee we have mm mm-hmm. uh, and for basically the for the students who are not able to afford or basically uh, the areas where we are implementing the program for example now we are uh, from last 5 years we are implementing our school program introduction to basic technology mm-hmm. in dantewada and bijapur of chatisgarh these are the remote areas they have uh, some kind of a uh, uh, social unrest over there so we are implementing in this uh, dantewada and bijapur district so we need a support for doing it we are also establishing a fab lab in, in dantewada so we need a support from the government for that so for doing this kind of a development activities or to do the activities for the community which cannot pay for themselves we need a support talking about the fab lab it seems to be a quite uh, um, i mean not very expensive but uh, it definitely has its own cost in setting up and all that what are your thoughts on that always have to have a, a fab lab set up in schools to you know um, teach science and technology to students or uh, uh, how about using the uh, available resources what are your uh, thoughts on that using available resources uh, is good in fact there is no excuse for doing nothing if you don't have the like fab lab so we are not doing anything i think that is not justifiable in fact all our activities in the school staff has set up or basically we we got the food food like kind of thing mm-hmm. take the old machine try to break it whatever try to make something we also took out something called as a scrap rally okay we take a scrap rally and we go door to door and collect the scrap mm-hmm. we bring it back so it become a raw material for doing the projects and we call it as a scrap revolution awesome so we can convert this scrap to something useful and the scrap is free so we can do whatever we want to do it so there is no uh, and uh, these all activities are educationally very important mm-hmm. and we must do it yeah so who is whoever is doing with the bamboo and the local available here and the minimum traditional tools mm-hmm. uh, we must appreciate full uh, part to that so to make to prepare our young children uh, for the uh, for tomorrow i think we need a digital tools we need to introduce them with this kind of a uh, tools which are available on the computers different software uh, and therefore i think wherever possible uh, uh, we must try to get the fab lab tool so development is not only about making available blackboard and toilets and uh, rooms and uh, things but making available tool as well so i think we need to look beyond uh otherwise we'll always keep on giving same excuses correct like we don't have resources and all these things right. but i think we should ask started asking more for it to have a curriculum like this to run a institution like this 
the skill set required for the teachers is like way beyond uh, the existing schools that we have in our country tell us about the team in uh, vigyan ashram no basically uh, my team members uh, they they are coming from the uh, same kind of uh, educational system the traditional educational system um, but when we select a select a staff member we see that he got a demonstrable skill so if you are a engineer and if you are not do able to do a welding it may not select you but if somebody who is he is not a mechanical engineer who don't have a grace or you got a dropout from the engineering mm-hmm. but he know how to weld mm-hmm. then i will probably select him as my instructor so Super. this demonstrable skill uh that what we see into a candidate when it comes to us uh second thing we see for him is that whether he is enterprising if he is doing beyond something in his curriculum so normally we see these two kind of qualities in the candidate and then we select them then in vigyan ashram we got a kind of a certain system how to nurture the new person uh, into vigyan ashram philosophy and the system we made a certain kind of documentaries computer plan research and we made dr kalbak has written several essays on education development and technology we also give it to the students for reading it we discuss about it so we have a training system in place we need to train our people we cannot take the take them ready we need to develop them and mm-hmm. do it interesting some of the sample projects that the students of uh, that the students of vigyan ashram have uh, done for the uh, villages so for example like uh, last year on the republic day we had uh, undertaken a surgical strike on the pabal bus stand it was even in very bad conditions toilet was not in uh, usable condition the benches were broken the walls there the plaster was worn out from the walls uh, the boards they were rusted so it was very in a bad condition Uh, so uh, almost like a fifteen twenty days before the twenty sixth of January, we are given a task. We need to plan it in a such a way that on twenty fifth of January we will turn it around. So the task was given, and then the student did a survey, uh, made a team. We again each team got the mentor. Um, so there there was a group who will clean, there was a group who will paint, there was a group who will do the masonry activities. There is a group who will clean the toilet, who will uh, dig the soap pit. There is a group who will go to the village and ask for the help. So on 25th of uh, January 2017, we did this surgical strike. We went to the village. We started uh, cleaning the bus stand. So the preparation was going on for almost uh, 15-20 days. Then the work actually started. The one group went to the village. They made the uh, this JCB uh, operator. requested them can he come and help us we requested the water tanker uh, supplier basically whether he can send a one tanker to us we went to the village gram panchayat asked the village uh, head whether he can support us and everybody give us the support we got jcb we clean the soap pit we start constructing the toilet we painted everything and in like a in a few hours time the bus stand was turned around and then it will be costing and new documents when you take this kind of activity uh, it's so it's like sundan because the republic day but it for us uh, where the student learn so we want to teach them about civics we want to teach them about civics on the eve of the republic day 
but civics cannot be taught or their duties and responsibility cannot be taught only in the classroom situation we give them a concrete project and we just executed it basically and they learn about all the project planning everything they learn and most importantly they enjoyed it and they got a confidence also we also do basically against the order work normally people come to us their uh, requirement like uh, we want to install a drip in our uh, farm so can you come and do it and we go and do it we do motor rewinding for the uh, villagers we construct pilot we do a soil testing during last 6 months time we have tested the soil samples for more than 15000 farmers can you tell about uh, some of the enterprises that the students of uh, vigyan ashram had set up once they uh, passed out of uh, the institution yeah there are many basically we in fact every 15 days at least we start one enterprise so every year we do around like a 50 to 60 enterprises every year awesome so like there is a project called as a started with the students of making a egg incubator so it was started 5 years back uh, one students come to me and he said like he is not getting chicks for his poultry farm okay because this poultry market is uh, manipulated by the big player and uh, they only supply him a chicks when there is no season mm-hmm. so whenever his chicks get matured either there is a shravan or like some religious months are uh, chicks get matured when the religious month is there okay. so there is no market for it and mm-hmm. so he get very less price mm-hmm. or uh, and when when the market is up the mm-hmm. big place keep the chicks for themselves so they get the high price for it and so his uh, problem was he want to uh, make his own uh, hatchery but the commercial hatchery available was like uh, very big 10000 15000 and they need a generator also so everything was very costly mm-hmm. and he said he cannot tell a 10000 chicks or he cannot tell 50000 chicks mm-hmm. uh, but he can sell around may 500 1000 to 500 so his capacity was that much secondly he wanted to uh, uh, basically raise the local desi variety uh, so so many issues where he was talking about okay okay and uh, so no data was available how to make the hatchery how to make the egg incubator so we gave a project to a student began ashram to basically take the measurement of the when the basically hen sits on the chicks on the eggs basically take the temperature humidity and all these things and we take all the, we collected all this data Okay. Like what is the temperature, body temperature of the hen, and when she eats the eggs, and uh, uh, basically how she rotates it, and it was a project which is given to the different students. We got all the data, and then we made a small prototype of egg incubator. Then it went on again refinement one after another, and after three years of the work, different iteration, and so many students working on the project, we got a commercial product ready for the market. Okay. And one of my alumni, Vikram uh, Sharma, he has this picture uh, innovation system. Uh, so he he put up his industry to manufacture the egg incubator. Okay. Big supply. You can get any incubator of any size uh, tailored to your local variety. Mm-hmm. Now we make it and we sell it. Okay. So a small students project can go into this kind of a big commercial enterprise. You have a background in mechanical engineering. uh you could have gone into some of the industries you know big shot industries uh, in india or abroad uh, 
uh, what made you to uh, get into the education space and you know, especially uh, into a, a small village called uh, pabal uh, what what made you to do all these things no basically like where it, it, it goes where your interest lies like uh, i mean i was in engineering college i was studying engineering uh, at that time also i was doing a uh, volunteering in a slum educational program mm-hmm. uh, i was working as a volunteer for the 100 day school for the sugarcane cutter workers uh, children mm-hmm. there was a school going on for the nomadic children i was also a part of the national i was working as a volunteer for the national literacy mission and i was teaching the adult illiterate people mm-hmm. uh, when i was in college and uh, so i found okay yes i, I like teaching i like uh, i wanted i like to interact with the students but at the same time uh, i'm an engineer so i want to use my technological skill as well because the country has invested money for my education i was studied in government engineering college i, I don't want to basically leave everything aside and do something in the primary education or secondary education which is not connected to the uh, with the technology so vigyanashram is like a perfect place where like you can use your technological skill and uh, it's educational institute mm-hmm. and it try to basically uh, uh, make the education more meaningful so it become a natural choice for me i got some experience mm-hmm. uh, but since i want to work this my liking so i joined vigyanashram that's all nice that, that is a very humble way to put it nice yeah. um, education and entrepreneurship uh, how do you think are these two connected i think vigyan ashram sort of works in that way how do you think these are complementing each other if you go to the primary school you will find the students are are enterprising they are asking lot of questions they are active but this in the same school if you go to the class 10 then the teacher will complain like students are not asking questions uh, they don't want to do anything what happened to the students in between these 10 years why they become uh, dull or they become inactive uh, it's because uh, we confined them to a classroom we are not giving them an opportunity uh, to make something to do something with their hand uh, to become active so after 10 class If you give, you will give them a some kind of a vocational program for six months or two years or one year, and they will then you will expect them to become an entrepreneur. It doesn't happen like this. Right. This enterprisingness, ability to do something new, uh, ability to ability to take risk, it has to be harnessed right from the childhood, and there the education plays a great role. Right. So we need to give the opportunity for the student to do different things, to take take the risk in the school itself. right and therefore there is a important role for this maker spaces for the fab lab mm-hmm. or the ipt program to give that kind of a space in the school for mm-hmm. a student uh, to explore their potential you have been uh, working on a, a project for the nomadic uh, kids uh, you had also re- received uh, awards from uh, unesco uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit uh, around that yeah it was uh, it was my phd educational project Uh, I started uh, because it's a uh, my educational project. I don't want to uh, take it into the uh, secondary school or the high school students. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said I want to learn about primary education also, and therefore I take it as a uh, in the nomadic tribe. And um, we started a, a school on the camp. So the nomadic tribes wherever they go, the school also move with them on a caravan. Uh, so I selected four tribes, and mm-hmm. uh, we take the school along with them. 
Okay. And uh, I prove like I try to use the laptop and the computer methodology to supplement the non-formal teacher. Okay. Uh, so that was the project. And uh, yes, uh, still basically uh, even today there are like uh, more than ten schools. They are basically this uh, are working on the similar kind of concept, uh, which uh, from the same organization where with him uh, I did my uh, PhD project. Uh, so how how was this uh, conceptualized? Like uh, how did you come up with uh, the idea of uh, you know nomadic uh, learning? In fact, uh, I was in a attending a meeting in uh, IIT Mumbai uh, on education. Uh, there was some officials from uh, central government mm-hmm. who came. Uh, it was long back, so they came for finding out basically how the ICT can be uh, introduced into the education. Okay. And so they were they were suggesting, why don't you take some kind of pilot project? Okay. And other people, other schools which were there, basically those who were inside there, like the Delhi Public School, the Kedia Vidyalaya, mm-hmm. and the CBC school. Okay. And they were talking about like how we can uh, take the ICT into the school and we can take a pilot pilot in Kedia Vidyalaya, Nokia Vidyalaya. Okay. So at the end of the meeting, I got a little upset, and therefore then I just put. Like my opinion, I said, okay, why you are spending your time mm-hmm. on those children who already got so much right. that they don't need a ICT kind of thing? If you you want to use a technology, why don't you use a technology for the students who don't get anything? And uh, then I mentioned them about the nomadic people and uh, uh, the basically the statistic which is there available on the internet. So I just put the figure okay. uh, in front of them. So the officials from the uh, central government they got very impressed, and uh, uh, when they go back, mm-hmm. uh, they immediately ask for a proposal. So then IIT professor uh, he said, "Okay, Yogesh, now we must do this project, and you take the lead." And uh, again, because it's an IIT project and it's a research project, they need to have somebody to do a PhD for it. And so there was nobody who can do a PhD, and my mm-hmm. I was not a PhD at that time. For the professor, Dr. Kriti has said, "Yogesh, now you since you spoke about it, you take it as uh, your PhD thesis, and you get enrolled and do the PhD." So therefore, uh, I took the project, and we take it forward. So that's the story behind it. Okay, okay. So now you have a, a PhD in education research. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. I mean, uh, the idea seems to be uh, wonderful. When we talk about education, the next thing we talk about is teaching. Curriculum, uh, methodologies, and all that. Um, but then, uh, what seems to be evolving these days is uh, self-learning. So, be it the uh, you know little uh, primary school children or the elder ones, uh, uh, teenage kids that come to Vigyan Ashram. So, what are your thoughts on self-learning, and uh, what would you suggest to uh, other organizations and parents who are uh, listening to this uh, show? Uh, I'm not. Uh... Too far for the homeschooling, or basically, kind of like a basically uh, teaching the student at home, and basically uh, using only a computer for uh, getting whatever uh, educational input you need. I believe more in a, a common school approach, where students of different kind of uh, uh, from different background come together, mix mm-hmm. together, learn basically. Because their socialization happens, then you come to know about. Uh, Uh, other people, their lifestyle, their problems. So I am basically a firm uh, kind of, uh, I will say, advocate of kind of educational system. But yes, when you learn about yourself, basically, I believe 
when you work with the hand basically then only you understand better i will give you example you might have seen basically a child playing on the pool side mm-hmm. uh, and basically splashing water right uh, uh, during the rain any time right the student takes the water on the hand basically roll it over mm-hmm. is this water what the child is learning basically when he is playing the water he is learning all the properties of the water if you ask the child basically i said after certain age mm-hmm. if better water what will the shape of the water he correctly tells the water will take the shape of the container correct so uh, what we give the student is basically only words to their experiences and if you don't have the experiences then these words will remain only a follow so this experience mm-hmm. for uh, conceptualization of or having any knowledge right right and therefore uh, the self learning is for me is basically uh, having a more experiences now that kind of experiences in a group correct okay then basically you you will also uh, do the learning values Mm-hmm. Working in a group, working in a team. Mm-hmm. So values you cannot give in a vacuum. Values you cannot give by giving them a lecture right. or nice poems or basically thoughts for the day. Right. The values are always taught when you work together. So for I think this learning together is very important for for this self learning or earning more experiences. What would yeah. be your uh, advice for the uh, youngsters who are uh, coming into education? they are coming from different backgrounds be it engineering or you know science or arts everyone wants to transform the uh, you know education system so what would be your advice my advice to them basically like don't take the easy path i found like there are many engineers basically like they go and they start teaching into the primary school or even the kindergarten schools i think basically like this these people should forget like okay there are many things to do in each sphere of education education is such a vast if you take uh, art music dance poetry technology mm-hmm. engineering so uh, there is a need for transformation in each of the field right so don't go to into a area where basically you don't have the uh, basic kind of uh, orientation and the skill uh, right. otherwise uh, there is a limitation where up to which you go basically yeah that's my advice and uh and thing uh, select basically uh, where you want to work because many times they will select easiest path like maybe only in the cities in the slums in the metros so uh, though they are doing it uh, there is a there is much very population which is beyond the uh, big metros and big cities in the villages in the small towns yeah. they need to uh, break their comfort zone little bit and uh, if they can do it there is a bigger reward for that perfect uh, if your expertise is in uh, engineering you can uh, teach the children uh, something around engineering and technology instead of uh, going to the primary class and teaching english yes what does education mean to you for me education is basically is the ability to make the right choices to find out the right opportunity or basically education is something uh, which makes you able to uh, basically make different options and uh, select the best route for you so i think that's the education perfect perfect yogesh ji thank you so much for accepting to yeah. do the interview uh, it was very interesting yeah. to know uh, you know uh, vigyan ashram has been doing such a fantastic work 
you know uh, since yeah. 1983 itself vigyan ashram actually serves as an inspiration for all the small organization like us i really want to thank you for uh, all the efforts that you are uh, doing thanks a lot yeah nice talking to you yeah nice talking to you yogesh ji all right that brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much for listening if you would like us to interview any of the educators that you know have made a great impact please do let us know on the comments or on facebook wherever you are checking us out again thank you so much for listening see you in the next episode bye bye